Okay, welcome to episode 40 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh, as always, joined by my co-host, Sixten Funquist. Sixten, we made it to 40. We're middle-aged. We are, and I just, Jesus Christ, I just, my new microphone, I'm going to shout out the listener in a minute. I just flipped it over. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so if you oh, I didn't hear it. So you still, oh, you still sound fine, but you sound better than usual. Oh, thank you. Well, and a shout out to Eric in... Uh, the Netherlands, of all places, uh, sending me a new microphone for uh, using uh, during recordings, which is just awesome, apart from the very small stand, but um, I'll get by. Thank you so much, Eric, for this. It's uh, it's an amazing gift, and uh, well, <laughs> we're happy to spread the word of hockey in the Netherlands. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, well, obviously, when you think Netherlands, you don't really think hockey, which I've always found a bit surprising because the Netherlands always has a really good like speed skating team, but obviously not a lot of hockey in the Netherlands. I honestly wonder why that is, because I mean, they're really good at team sports such as, well, football or soccer, for that matter. And they're great in organizing stuff. Um, And like you said, they're very good with skates anyway. I don't know. Maybe they can't like do quick turns because their speed skating are slow turns, and I don't know. I don't <laughs> they're know they're really on. fast in one direction. Yeah, they are. Maybe Eric can enlighten us on this as well because uh, it'd be kind of cool. I, I I don't know about I don't know anything about Dutch hockey, so uh, let's, yeah, let's, I, I would uh, have keep... to assume there is a Dutch hockey league. Maybe I don't know, dude. I have no <laughs> idea. Eric, uh, when you listen to this, let me know. Perfect. There you go. Uh, thanks but thanks so much for we have some good news. We have, or well, somewhat good news. Uh, Dave is coming back to Sweden. <laughs> somewhat? Oh, come on, man. But yes, I got my visa approval uh, a couple of days ago, and I've got my flight booked back to Sweden for February 12th. So hopefully this might be, well, this one and maybe the next one will be done from uh, Canada. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be getting back to uh, to doing it together in person which is fantastic because it's uh, been almost six months since I left Sweden. So, Yeah, the aim was kind of, we were, we were aiming to do twice a week when the season got back up and it just hasn't been feasible. And uh, well, now we can. In a couple of yeah. weeks, we actually can. We can exactly. sit face-to-face in, in some sort of office doing this and it's going to be awesome. You mean my, my kitchen? Or as the actual office of where we do work from that time to time. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so um, huge pressure and uh, stress alleviated with that coming through. So yeah, very much looking forward to getting home. I just want to make something clear for the record here that when Dave said he wanted to celebrate by drinking lots of Kung beer, which is King beer in translated into English, I wanted to revoke his visa or work in in, in that uh, direction. So if Dave isn't coming to Sweden, that's why. I've always liked Kung. It's like it's like the Molson Canadian of Sweden. It's cheap and easy to drink. You're weird. I know. But I'm okay anyway, uh, are we going to talk hockey today? Apart, no, apart no, from the, the 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 ins and outs of Dutch hockey, which we didn't know much <laughs> about anyway. Uh, yeah, where do we want to start here? We got quite a bit to talk about. Actually, we got a couple of teams on uh, on some streaks, so maybe we should start with that. Yeah, we should. Uh... Actually, we should talk about Kolefteo first because uh, the thing with with this season is that I find it that either you talk about the first two places in the in the standings or the bottom fighting, which was which we'll get to. But somewhere in the middle, there are some great hockey being played right now as well. Just looking at the standings here, Kolefteo they have <clears throat> fifty. Uh, sorry, that's fifty eight points, and they're in sixth. So. Uh, 
well, they're in a reasonable position in the in the league, having played 36 games. But they're playing some decent hockey, and they're they're on a six game win streak. They uh, well, they did they play yesterday? No, they didn't. Um, so they grabbed three wins last week, and they uh, followed that up. Uh, well, they followed the previous week up, I should say, uh, where they also grabbed a couple of wins. So they're actually looking really solid. Now, we've been talking about them having a bit of a slow start, and I think they're coming into fruition now, and we'll see more about uh, more from Colectio down the line here. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like you said, they're, they're, they're on the six-game win streak. And um, not only are they playing good hockey, but they're playing good hockey against good teams as well. They had a big 5-1 victory against Forlunda, which is huge, obviously, because they are, uh, they're, they're trying to track them down in the standings. Forlunda is still seven points ahead of them. Um, but uh, Halefti does have a game in hand, so that was a big win for them against Forlunda. And then they were also able to squeak out a, a win against Luleå. Uh, the 3-2 win in the shootout. And so those are two big wins for them. They've also got wins against HV71 and Brinus. And so, yeah, it's a it's a good streak for Haleftu. And this is especially the time you want to get hot coming into basically the last stretch before the playoffs. Um, and especially with Haleftu right now sitting on the bubble position, um, they want to keep this going as much as they can. For sure. Um, we should pause on Ferlunda after talking about Cholefteo, but uh, getting back to Cholefteo, that I think that the most important wins they've grabbed so far might not be the Ferlunda game, but I want I want to highlight the, the the overtime win against Vecchio, uh where they kind of bounced back after going down to nothing in the previous game to just Vecchio, and also uh, the win against Lulio. Uh, Always a hard-fought game between those two. They're the northernmost rivals. It's only a 120k drive between the cities or towns, I should say. Um, lovely little rivalry up there, and I'm hoping Björk Leven will join the two up north for a threesome of rivalries uh, for the next season. Uh, but getting back to those games, they're fierce. They're close-fought. They're yeah, they're because with, when when Lulio goes uh, and play their, their defensive style of hockey often Cholefteo kind of gets stuck but they didn't this time they won in, in a shootout um, we should also mention Linus Klaassen scored one hell of a shootout goal and you can look uh, at that through a retweet we did from the Across the Pond Pod uh, Twitter account but um, Cholefteo kind of they're finding their wins now in a matter of well in a fashion that is either they just outplay your opponent or or they outbattle their opponent and i, I like that 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 kind of two-headed monster for them going down the stretch here yeah and like you said it was a hard fought victory against lulio and i think that's like you said wow what is contributing to this streak is they're just their tenacity and their ability to kind of pull out the wins and play almost not necessarily desperate hockey but looking like a team that really really wants to win uh another uh point we should uh, mention is uh, their penalty kill first in the league at 84 percent overall so that certainly helps as well for sure for sure getting those special teams uh, going now down the stretch we'll keep mentioning that, in that but it's it's so important and uh, and uh, they're they they're famous for being a unit they have their star power they have their up-and-coming stars they have they're a complete team um we, we raised some questions earlier but i mean they're just looking amazing right now well yeah well, uh, like you said uh, so we raised some questions earlier uh, especially about you know some of their top players like Joachim Lindstrom but Lindstrom has definitely turned it on he's got 30 points now this season and is uh, is playing more like the Lindstrom we're used to seeing for sure I want to go back to the special teams because looking at uh, this stretch of wins actually their special teams haven't been that uh, amazing they're they're 
PK is only eighth in the league with about well 80.77%. And their power play, I'm kind of amazed by that. They have a 15% uh, power play uh, in their last six games, which is very low. Yeah, that's uh, terribly low, and they've, they've struggled on the power play most of the season. They're only ninth overall total on the season, but you have to think that despite the fact that they've been struggling on the power play, it's good to see them obviously getting these wins with five-on-five goals. Exactly, exactly, and that's a strength in itself, I should, I, I, I want to say, because once they get the special teams kind of going, they will be even more complete as a team. Um, exciting games for them coming up this week. They do play uh, Linköping. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, in a very important game for Linköping, which we'll get to. Uh, and then they have uh, Rögle, I believe, Saturday. So, yeah, Rögle at home, both at home. So, some decent games there before they actually... They have a back-to-back this week. And so they play Linköping Thursday, Rögle uh, Saturday, and then they travel to Luleå again to play Luleå Sunday. So, uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, that's a huge back-to-back for HLFTU as well. Obviously, chasing both Rogla and Lulio in the standings. Rogla having just a fantastic season so far. So those those two games, especially, are gonna are are, are gonna be big ones for HLFTU uh, to see if they can keep this streak rolling. Um, of course, they do have to get past Lin Choping, but they are probably the favored ones coming into that game. So it's a, it's a big three-game stretch for, for Haleftu and uh, a lot of important points on the line for them because they are, like I mentioned, sitting on that sixth, uh, sixth bubble spot position for, uh, for a bye into, uh, into the quarterfinal round. Yes. Um, should we move on? Let's move on to Frelunda, which we passed on. Uh, I wanted to pass on uh, when we mentioned Haleftu there. Frelunda yeah. is in a bit of a lull because they've had... The, the, their, the once very strong team at home for Lunda, it was almost impossible to travel to Gothenburg and get away with, well, two, let alone three points if at, if, if you got one. Um, they're on a three-game losing streak at home, and they've lost, if I'm not mistaken, they've lost four, five, yeah, four out, of, out of the five. Yeah. yeah, and four out of the five at home. Um, so there's something uh, spooky about their play right now, and uh, I watched their game against Linköping, which they lost 2-1 at home. Um, they couldn't get on the inside. Linköping boxed them out through and through, well, through 60 minutes, basically. Um, and then I watched the Lexan game, pretty much the same there. There were no hunger getting into those dirty areas, getting the greasy goals. Um, and I also watched, <clears throat> uh, which I mentioned to you, the, the game against Erebro last Saturday, where Ferlunda actually had... 76 shot attempts uh, and 41 shots on goal, losing 3 nothing. It's yeah, just insane. Get, getting shut out like that, especially at home for, for London, like you said, an, an insane amount of shot attempts and 41 shots on goal. Getting shut out like that obviously is uh, is kind of a morale killer for, for Lunda. Uh, but like you said, three games at home, they've lost. Lynn Schoping, I believe, hadn't won in Scandinavia since like 2016. So that was a big win for Lynn Schoping. But when you think of Forlunda, you don't uh, think of it. I might have to correct you on that, that one. I think they won in Scandinavia last season, actually. I'm going to look that up. Um, because I have a feeling Niklas Hart scored twice. Uh, continue, I'll, I'll look it up. Yes, that might be mistaken. I might, yeah, might be mistaken. But yeah, for Lunda, looking at them, you don't expect them as a team to give up a lot of goals, but in two of their previous five games, they've given up five goals against. 
Um, and and so I, I don't know exactly what's going on in Fralunda, but uh, this really isn't the the best of time to to go on a on a slump when you're fighting for a playoff uh, a top six finish. They've got uh, 65 points, sitting in fourth place overall. They're actually tied with Lulio at the moment, but you've got Arebro and Haleftio, you know, nipping at their heels, looking to take them down a peg. So uh, Fralunda needs to turn things around, and they need to do it quickly. They they really do, and they they did came out uh, come out flying against Arbro. They outshot Arbro twenty to three in the first period, which is bonkers. But but uh, Jonas Arntzen played one hell of a game for Arbro in net. But also some of the shots were kind of uh, alibi shots coming from weird angles. But they were throwing pucks on net, crashing the net. They got on the inside. They really did. But they came a. Uh, Came out against a very hot goalie, and then when they couldn't capitalize, or bro, uh, they, they they turned it around. They had some a couple of partial breakaways, some two on ones, and they got the the opportunities in the second period. And Robert Leno, if you haven't watched the goals he scored again in that game, please, because the first one is a highlight reel to be played over and over again. He gets it. Uh, it's a nice pass from I think Robert uh, Robin Kovacs, and he goes on a bit of a partial breakaway because he has a guy just. Well, chasing him basically, and he managed to pull. I I can't even describe the the move he goes. Uh, 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 he, he makes against the goalie, but it's it's a beautiful goal. Check it out. It's available on the SHL website uh, underneath the the game there. So go check it out. It's awesome. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, sorry. I want to get back to Linköping. Linköping actually won in Scandinavia last season, three uh, one, and uh, Niklas Hart scored twice. Um, like I said, so uh, February February eleventh. Last season, they won in Scotland. Oh, almost one year ago. Yeah. It seems so long ago. My God, it's been such a long year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, should we move on talking about another team that's got a streak active right now? Uh, yeah, but I want to... I kind of forgot to mention this on the agenda, but we should mention Feriestad because they're struggling as well. Uh, in the past five games, they've had 13 opportunities on the power play, not scoring once. Um, they're on, uh, let's see, I had it in front of me just, uh, now they're on a, well, actually they did beat Lex on Saturday. So they kind of brought, brought the street, uh, streak to an end, sorry, but they were on a one, two, three, four, four game losing streak. And they'd lost five out of the past six, seven, uh, sorry, seven out of the past eight. So they're on a bit of a slump as well. So let's see if they can turn things around this week. Um, I'm kind of curious to see because they haven't looked good in this process. You can lose, you can lose games, tight games, and still look somewhat good. Fresta hasn't, so uh, they're they're playing Eurogard and this upcoming Thursday tomorrow, uh, as at time of recording. I'm really interested in watching that game because uh, that could pretty much go either way. Well, and that's a that's a huge game in concern to the standings as well because Faristad currently sitting ninth overall, Jurgården sitting eighth, just one point ahead of them. So that's uh that's really kind of a six point game on the line for both those teams. Definitely, um, both of them want to kind of latch on to Lexan in seventh as well. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, it's it's insane, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I feel like there's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of good matchups coming up in the next month when uh, you know getting down to crunch time for uh, for the playoffs. And oh my gosh, I'm so looking forward to actually having playoffs this season. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, it's will be, be fantastic. And I think they they did announce a two week extension of the regular season in the SHL last week, I believe. So. Because COVID and stuff, uh, they're they're allowing a couple of extra days or a couple of extra weeks for the schedule to kind of 
be played through and through, which is yeah. good. Not great for the teams in uh, in relegation battle, but uh, hey, that's how life goes sometimes. Yeah, well, I think it's a, I think it's the right decision by the SHL just to account for games that need to be made up and games that potentially will be postponed uh, from here on out due to COVID. So I think it's the right decision for the SHL. Some teams not, might not be a fan of it, but uh, I, I think it's I think it's the best idea. Yeah, if they were to close the league, they should have done so prior to this season. Now they're, they're, the bet is kind of made, uh, no matter what you think about it, or if you like it or not, but that's the way things are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so just a brief pause on that. Yeah. Moving um, on to Vekre. Yeah, the, the Vekre Lakers. Um, you know what? Sixten, I have been really impressed with the Lakers this season. They've had a couple of really tough seasons after that massive uh, that championship season they had back in 2017. They, I don't know what happened the last couple of seasons, but they seem to have gotten back and found their stride. And 10-game um, point streak, they're sitting in second place with 72 points, just one point off the league leader, Rogla. So... Uh, you know what, Sam Hollum coming into this season was obviously on the hot seat, and you know what, he has performed well with his team. He has, and that goes to show that uh, if you get a bit of, uh, if you get the the uh, confidence from your team and from your management, you're able to work in a in a calm environment, and you, you're able to get your message through. We've been talking about coaches being at the same place. For a long time, they might not get the message through. You get tired of listening to the same voice over and over on the bench and stuff like that. Um, but Sam Halam has uh, he's he's adapted, I believe, and he's uh, he's coming up with new ways and finding new ways to steer Vekko in the right direction again. I'm very impressed about their game, and they've added Andrew Kaloff during the season, and he's been the spark they kind of needed to kind of bolster the offense a bit more. They have a very talented team, obviously, but but uh, I like I like the signing of Kaloff there. Well, yeah, and um, I think the, the return of a couple of players has certainly helped, Andrew Kaloff being one of them, but I think the big kind of catalyst was Robert Rosian coming back. He's their all-time leading scorer. Um, he's obviously a leader in the locker room. Um, and I think I think he's had a pretty big impact on the season uh, for, for the Lakers so far. Speaking, yeah, for sure. But speaking of impact, one who has had an enormous impact is Victor Fast in net. He's been lights out some, night, some nights. And he's actually, uh, at the time of recording, he's had five shutouts which is two more than the second best goalie in that category of the season and he's actually just too shy of his uh, personal best of seven shoutouts uh, in his SHL career let's rem- remember also that Victor Fast is 38 yeah 38 years old and he kind of broke through uh, as a 28 year old so he's only had a bit of a 10 year uh, career on, on the professional level both in Sweden and uh, abroad so this is a uh, it's, I love the story of Victor Fast. He, he, he's he's back to you know complete greatness, and I love watching him play. And the best, he's probably given the best post game interview so far, where you actually see a kind of tear forming in his eye because he's talking about the passion to for hockey and passion, enjoying playing the game. And I I I, I I'm I've got all the time in the world for Victor Fast and his his play right now, and I, I love watching him play. 
Yeah, and uh, he's another one of the players that, you know, obviously struggled the last couple of seasons with the Lakers. But the numbers he's put up so far this season, not only uh, Victor Fast, but also Eric Kalgren has some good numbers as well. So they've got a good goaltending duo in the Lakers organization. But Fast has some unbelievable numbers. I want to, you know, even comparing him to Joel Lazanante's numbers last year, he's got 20 games played. He's got a 1.69 goals against and a 9.35 save percentage. So he is definitely making a case for being one of the top goaltenders in the league this season. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, it's, it's awesome to see him play. It's kind of rejuvenated uh, him again, and uh, I believe he can play uh, well past 40 if he, this continues. So it's good to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so the Lakers, uh, like you said, they've got that 10-game point streak going on. Um, but uh, who are they're they They're playing, playing HB71 tomorrow. Which yeah, is, they're playing uh, HB71. H371 tomorrow, and then they've got Oscar Shum on Saturday. Um, so looking at the standings and the teams, those are two games they should be able to win, if not get at least a point out of. So likely will continue their streak uh, over the next couple of days. Yeah, most likely. Um, let's just pause on uh, Emil Pettersson as well. He's currently sits on top on the player standings with 39 points, 16 goals and 23 assists. Which is uh, very good, obviously. He has 130 shots on goal so far in 37 games played. That's so insane. Yeah. So he's a productive fella. Well, yeah, he's uh, picking up where his brother left off in 2017. Yeah. You want to uh, go the, talk about the Canucks now, don't you? <laughs> no, I'm just saying the Pedersen brothers are... Uh, they're, they're good they're, at hockey. They're good at hockey. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you didn't, if you hadn't already realized that, but, <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see the Lakers kind of back on top. It's uh, been a tough couple of seasons for them, but uh, it's nice to see them playing well again. Actually, let's just, while we're talking about the Lakers, I want to mention Victor Kjernborg. He's been awesome to watch this season. He just had his contract extended by the Lakers. Um, He's a creative little fella, uh, often coming down the the, uh, the corridors and uh, look him up if you if you're interested in kind of prospects because this guy, I didn't know much about him heading into this season, but but, but I like him. He's um, he's something else, and I can't really put my finger on why or how, but there's something there, and uh, I would like to see him on a smaller rink going forward. That would be awesome. Yeah, and another player that they just recently acquired, I believe we talked about him in the last episode, Brennan Gauntz, who is like yeah. a hell of a pickup for the Lakers at this point of the season, heading into the playoffs. I think he's going to be a big piece for them in the postseason. He's got five games played, a goal, and four assists. So he's a point-per-game guy already in his, uh, his first taste here of the SHL. But I think this was a huge pickup for them heading into the, the final stretch, and I think he's going to be big for them in the playoffs. I think so too, and uh, we've talked about North Americans coming over to Sweden, um, being having the, well needing the time to kind of get adapted to the bigger rink and the, the well the bigger surface, the more space you get, you get more time. Uh, this can tie into my talk with Joe Villeno I had the other week, and we're get getting back to that. But I like you said, Brendan Gons will be. He'll he'll be growing into the SHL right now, and uh, once playoff comes around, he'll be lethal. Yeah, and I mean he's still a young guy too. He's only twenty six years old. So if he decides that you know he likes it here in Sweden, he enjoys playing in the SHL, this could be a potentially long term good pickup for the Lakers if they're able to keep him around. 
Definitely. Uh, let's round out the Lakers by getting back to Victor Kernborg. I just want to mention some numbers here. Um, uh, just one, one second. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Do you know who drafted Brendan Gons? Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks. God damn it. <laughs> Anyways, go on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So, Victor Kernborg, um, he's a right wing, left wing forward. Um, well, sorry, left wing centerman. Sorry, he's uh, five foot eleven, one hundred ninety four pounds, or that translates to one hundred and eighty centimeters and eighty eight kilograms. He's only played seventeen out of the thirty seven something games the Vecco Lakers have played, and they, he's got one goal and one assist. He's playing with a U twenty where he's the captain. Uh, he's got nine goals and eight assists in nine uh, in in nineteen games, and he is turning eighteen this year. Yeah, he's only 17 years old, so yeah. eligible for the upcoming NHL entry draft. He's not rated particularly high, but like you said, uh, maybe his game is more suited for the smaller ice surface. It'll be interesting to see if he does get a chance in the NHL once he I, is drafted. I think so. I think I, I can see him going high in the second round, uh, 74th. What is that? That is third round. That'd be third round, yeah. Um, but I can see him moving up. Um, oh, absolutely. For especially sure. He, and, yeah, especially if he maybe makes a bit more of a name for himself over the next few games. It, it could definitely bump him up maybe to the yeah, second round. Yeah, and he's getting some ice time as well. But but what I like, I mean, he could be a diamond in the rough for someone just throwing a glander at well in, in the third round. Just, well, there might be something there. And I, I, I think it is. He's a left shot. Like I said, a pretty young guy. Um, I'm really looking forward to watching him develop. He's a, he's an awesome player to watch. There's always yeah. something happening, and his passing game is is really good. He's able to find those those uh, those spots and those open areas, which is it's well, obviously the big rink is a lot, but but yeah, he, he, interesting player. Oh, it makes me feel so old that somebody born in 2003 is playing professional hockey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he it looks like I I, I tend to agree with you. <clears throat> I'm interested to see uh, how his career develops. So, let's keep that mind. Uh, sorry, let's keep that name in mind. Moving on. Yes, moving on. Uh, another COVID uh, situation going on in Malmo with the Red Hawks. The sec- this is uh, the second time they're dealing with this this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think I. I don't. I'm not sure how it went down, but they're in quarantine right now. They're self-isolating uh, the whole team, basically. Uh, I spoke to Joe Valeno the other day for a piece I did on SHL.se, uh, where we kind of went through his his uh, time in Sweden and what got him here and how he's developing his game and all of that. But he went like, yeah, I'm not at the ring currently, and I don't know what to do with myself. So <laughs> he's bored, and I think they all are. But yeah, COVID seems to have hit... Uh, uh, be pretty hard. Yeah, and well, as someone who had to uh, self-isolate for two weeks when I first arrived in Canada, I can speak to the boredom. I understand what he's going through. It's hard to deal with. You, you know, you can't leave. You can't go outside. It's uh, it's tough, and it's got to be frustrating to deal with this uh, a second time, especially Malmo, who uh, only has 31 games played at the moment, you know, and you compare that to some teams who have played 37. And so yeah. this is also one of the reasons why the SHL extended that regular season by two weeks, because they probably expected this to happen, both Malmo and Brinus only have those 31 games played, so they they need to make up a lot of games in a very short amount of time. Yeah, Malmo haven't played since January 9th, so uh, yeah, yeah, it that's... is what it is. But uh, looking at their schedule, I think they've 
they're kind of having a second kind of phase pretty close to their first phase but because look judging by the dates i can't really find a big hole in their calendar that isn't supposed to be there to be fair they've been hit because they've been, I think they've had games postponed while other teams have had COVID, though. I'm not sure, but but their schedule looks pretty solid up until January 9th. Okay, yeah, and then they're back on the ice for the first time in January on uh, Saturday playing Lynch Show. Hopefully. Hopefully. We don't know that yet because their they could games, still uh, potentially be yeah, postponed. They got games post last week and they were due to play a back-to-back and I think they were due to play yesterday as well, so they got a couple of games. Yeah. They were due to play back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. They were due to play yesterday. They were due to play tomorrow, Thursday as well. And all those games got postponed. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah it's we'll a tough what... situation, but it's been a tough year for everybody. Just got to kind of kind of keep your head up and uh, and deal with it, I guess. So. Yeah, but in, in, imagine if they go back on Saturday. They got a lynch up team that's hungry for points. And if they don't come back Saturday, let's say that game gets postponed and they play Tuesday instead, then they play Rugla. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a it's a rough, you know, kind of getting back into the groove because they got hungry teams and they got top teams and they got hungry teams again looking at their schedule. So it's not an easy transition getting into back into play, I suppose. No, especially when you're mid-season and taking almost a month off, it's it's hard to get back, uh, you know, into the swing of things for uh, as a as a professional athlete. So it's a it's a tough hand that Malmo's been dealt. But uh, yeah, you, you just gotta roll with the punches. I I guess. Uh, all right, what should we talk about? We've got lots of extensions to talk about. Yeah, we can just touch on them. I don't know the the length right now, but there were a lot of extensions coming through. Malmo extended Helge Grans. It doesn't really say much because he might get picked by the Kings uh, wanting him to go over. Johanne Thurveinen extended by Lulio, which is great for them. Also, Einar Emanuelsson and uh, uh, Daniel Sandell. Daniel Sandell has had, he's had a great season with Lulio, man. He's so good on their blue line. I love him. I love watching his play. I, he's a... He's one of those guys kind of flying under the radar. With they got Eric Gustafsson and they got Nislum Kivitz and they got firepower here and firepower there and they got Lasse Nanti. And anywhere else, Daniel Sondel would be a superstar, I think. But he's yeah. flying under the radar. He's so good in in his defensive zone, making the easy play. I love watching him play, and that's a great extension for Lulio. Well, who also yeah, just... extended Radic Music, we should mention. And just talking about Daniel Sondell and Eric Gustafsson and Lundqvist, I think Daniel Sondell and Lundqvist have been just such fantastic, I guess, kind of mentors and teachers for Lundqvist. They've been playing with him um, ever since he he got called up to the big team. And to have guys like that that you're playing with to kind of, you know, coach you through the the, the young guys or for the young guys, um, they're, they're both great defensemen and great veterans of the game for, uh, for Lundqvist to learn off of. So I, I've always really enjoyed watching Sondell play. Yeah, me too. His slap shot is something else as well. But getting back to Nils Lundqvist, I know your your Swedish is somewhat limited. We're gonna change that now. Now you got a visa. But but watching Nils Lundqvist in a mid game or post game interview is one of the best experience of the entire SHLB. He, because he's like an old man, but he's so funny with his small quirks and very analyzing analyzing the game very good. And you know he's and he's he's talking in a very you know the voiceover kind of way. We need to do this. We need to do that. We can't be doing this. He 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 use all he's using all those cliches, but he's actually making it interesting, and that's kind of hard to do, especially as a young guy as as Lundqvist. I love his his uh, his uh, aura. Maybe it's a it's a great word. He's a, he's a he's something else as well. Yeah, and um, 
I, I mean, uh, as somebody who has spent a lot of time around young hockey players trying to get them to give me an interview that is more than just <laughs> yes and no answers, it is a it is a rare thing to come across to, to have a, such an articulate young hockey player be able to uh, really, you know, provide fun and good interviews. So I'll, I'll definitely have to look into that when I get back because, yeah, uh, yeah that, that sounds awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see if Lundqvist does maybe next season get a chance with the Rangers because I think uh, I think he could potentially be a, a blue liner in the NHL. For sure. I think so too. He needs to pick up his physicality a bit more, but I think he's done so a bit this season. But uh, yeah, he's a young guy. Uh, I can see him, I can see the Rangers getting him over uh, to kind of adapt to the smaller eyes, playing with, what is it, Hartford Wolfpack, right? Uh, the, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I can see him making having a season there and then just getting called up for those, what is it, eight or ten games they can use without sliding his, and then slide his contract. That I yeah. think that would be kind of cool. And Rangers yeah. are where they are. I mean, they're they're in the need of kind of filling up on their D. So they got, well, let's not go on an NHL tangent here, but they got some good names and they got some less good names. Yeah, oh, well, and I mean, Lundqvist certainly is on pace to potentially match or even beat his season high from last year. He had 31 points last year. He's got 21 points uh, this season uh, with 34 games played and still about 20 games to play. So um, he's he's definitely followed up his career high last season with uh, another good effort this year. For sure. All right, what's next on the agenda? You decide, man. Uh, I actually wanted to talk about, I mentioned this to you, um, about the fact that this season there isn't a definitive bottom two teams oh, in no, the no. SHL, exactly. uh, which we have seen that over the last couple of seasons. Obviously, Oscar Schaum and Lexand last year were like, I think they were like 12 points behind the yeah. 12, point, 12, 12 point place team. The year before that, help me out here, it was Mora and... Tim Rowe? Tim Rowe, yeah. And this year, we've got... Linchoping, Malmo, Brinus, Oskarsham, and HV71 all within two points of each other. So despite the fact Linchoping and Malmo have been struggling this year, they're certainly not out of uh, out of the uh, or they're certainly not guaranteed to be in relegation play this season. I should say. No, for sure. Uh, Linchoping. Well, HV71 beat Linchoping last week, one nothing here in Linchoping, um, getting three very important points. Um, Linchoping then beat Brinus yesterday, getting three very important points. Um, but what kind of... Well, both Linköping and HV71 have 30, 35 games played. Malmö and Brynäs only have 31, and Oskarsson has 34. So there, I actually looked into this earlier today, and on, on March 20th, uh, the sec- currently, we should say, the second last date of the regular season, Linköping face HV71 again, this time in Jönköping. And that could be a very decisive game for, well, the future of one of two clubs. Yeah, absolutely. And if the game does go ahead on Saturday, that malmo Linköping matchup is going to be big as well. Because like you said, Malmö's got four games in hand, currently tied in the standings with Linköping. So that'll be a big game too. Yes. We should mention Linköping has signed a few players. Uh, I don't yes. know. I don't remember. Did we talk about Tyler Morley last time we spoke? I'm no, I, sure. I, I I think they signed him after the last they episode. May, they might have done so. They did sign Tyler Morley from Colleftio. He opened up with a goal and an assist in a victory against uh, Frelunda. He's looked pretty good, to be fair. Um, I think he's getting a bit more ice time than he got in Colleftio. Um, he had a 
an awesome assist to the Andrew Gordon goal of yesterday. He put it between his own legs, giving Gordon the open net on the far side, which was really cool. Um, he's looked solid. Linchev also signed uh, David Rautio from Lulio. We were kind of talking about that when we mentioned you Lassinanti were headed back to Lulio, that David Rautio will be the odd man out with Jesper Valstead also providing goalie <clears throat> excellence in Lulio. And uh, Rautio found his way back to Linchaping, a team he represented before. Um, he played his first game yesterday, and it was a lot of the same. He's a goalie covering a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the eyes on, on his knees, let in a few uh, shots that he may have, maybe should have had. But he's looked solid, and he's a, definitely an upgrade from from Yusserinas. And what's what's most important here is that Niklas Lundström actually gets to rest. Yes. And interesting fact about Tyler Morley, he played for the Surrey Eagles of the BCHL oh, while I was their well, I was their PA announcer back in 2011-2012, which I think is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, everything ties Everything back. relates back to me, Sexton. This isn't the Sexton and David show. This is the David show. I'm just a, I don't know, <laughs> the bystander, I guess. <laughs> uh, also, Lean Shopping signed Alexander Johansson from Hockeyettan. Uh, which is the third tier league. Uh, but Alexander Johansson has had SHL experience with Vekwa and uh, Ferstad, who he actually was captain for uh, for one season. But he got also got the boot from Ferstad, so I don't know what's behind that. But he came back, made his debut with the uh, Linköping yesterday, and scored. So <laughs> all of the signings are kind of doing what they can. So, yeah, we'll paying off almost immediately for Lynn Shoping. And uh, we should mention Andrew Gordon had a, a, had a great, great game as well. Uh, good friend of the show. And uh, it, it looks like he's kind of, he's had, he, he's gotten a rough deal this year. He had COVID, he's suffered injuries, but it's nice to see him getting some success. Yeah, um, he's, lo- he's looked better and better. I think the game against, was it Frelunda, was his best game so far. So he's yeah, kind of getting into victory. the group. And he's by no means a young guy either. So um, He's also in a contract year as well. So He is. We'll see how that goes. And I'm, I would expect nobody within the lean shopping roster right now is wanting to kind of put the pen on the paper for a team that might get, actually might get relegated. So um, I think all those <clears throat> negotiations are down the down uh, somewhere down the road yeah yeah it's it's i think uh, all negotiations like you said are gonna uh probably be decided um in the off season uh rather than you know um take a risk of signing players that potentially will get uh being playing uh in a relegated uh in a relegated lynch shopping team so uh, i think you're right with that that uh, it's going to be very unknown for players in lynch shopping that are currently waiting for a new contract yeah uh, what else do we got? Should we talk about the SDHL? Uh, visit the SDHL. Uh, I haven't actually been able to reach out to the people I want to reach out to because uh, life has kind of interfered with me. Um, but I'm going to reach out to someone this week to see if we can get her on the show to talk about the SDHL, the development of Swedish women's hockey, um, a bit more. And uh, if not this week, we'll get we'll get her on. Later on, because I think she'd like to talk about her career, uh, which involved Olympic hockey and stuff like that. So uh, it'll be kind of cool. Um, what what strikes me when I watch the... I actually watch the highlights uh, of the SDHL. I don't watch the full games because life don't allow me to watch more hockey than I do. 
but what strikes me is that some of the goals they score, man, are are just beautiful. They're so the the skilled players in the SDHL are insanely skilled, uh, and that I, I think that's both good and a bit of a uh, how do you say a uh, bit of a bad thing as well because there's so such a huge difference. But I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing um, you have to go down that route to kind of establish the the league. Yeah, and I, I think that is kind of like you said, it's it's fun to watch, but at the same time, it's kind of indicative of the lack of women's competition. You have such uh, kind of a, a a skill gap when it comes to the top players in the league compared to you know your fourth liners in the SDHL. Exactly. I mean, a, a player like I don't know, JC May. He's, I think it's JC Maywood in Modo, or well, <laughs> Jenny Hidikowski in Lulia, or you, you can mention. But the better the better players or the the top tier players in the league, they do fire. You know, they they rip the shots from the hash marks. They they find that other players has to crash the net a bit more and kind of fight their way, fight the puck in a bit more. But then again, a lot of the players playing top tier women's hockey in Sweden are very young so they have to play that way because they need to adapt to the well to the senior level of hockey so I, I don't think there's anything wrong but it could be a downside to it if you understand where I'm going here yeah no absolutely um, but anyway I want to get her on and want to talk about more about women's hockey because frankly we don't I don't know enough about it to kind of go go uh not be judgmental but but talk talk about it in depth um we should get someone on as like our our expert in women's hockey that pops on from time to time to talk yeah. about women's hockey that'd be kind of cool i'll see if that would she's, be great. she's interested in doing so yeah and um speaking of women's hockey i didn't even actually realize this but i saw some highlights on sportsnet the other day from the nwhl which I didn't realize was operating once again. So now you've got a North American women's league as well. So which, uh, which I think is great. Yeah, the Toronto Six is playing their new team. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an eight-team league. I want to say mostly based in the on the East Coast. I believe. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Do you know who where the owner group of the Toronto uh, Six is based? I do not. Boston. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I find right. it interesting as well. That a bit. That's a bit of a of a cyber. Where are you now? I'm just looking at our, our Skype conversation, and Dave recently picked his laptop up, walked walked through the house, and he's currently in my what kitchen. Used to be the kitchen, yeah. Well, I've actually got quite a busy day, so I'm just starting my lunch at the moment, so I can cook it while we're talking, and then I can <laughs> eat it once we're done, and then I can go do my busy day stuff. So, so if we hear the fire alarm, that might be our fault. <laughs> uh, well, at least mine. Yeah, but I guess I'm, I'm I, I guess you can have some partial blame. But let's just run down the league table. Gothenburg is last in eleventh, uh, sorry, in tenth place with eleven points. Lexan is second to last with seventeen points. AIK have a twelve uh, twelve point gap in eighth, and then there's a bit of a, there. It's a bit of a tier hockey right now. So uh, Lexan and Gothenburg are kind of battling it out in the bottom. There's a twelve point gap up to AIK who's one point behind SDE in 30 points then there's a <clears throat> 16 point gap up to Modo in 6th place 
with 46 points, Jugorden in fifth with 50 points, Linköping in fourth with 55 points, and then we're going into top tier, which is HV71, third in with 60 points, Brinas second with 77 points, and Lulio. Uh, obviously, I was about to say, but uh, not surprising, on top with 84 points. I'm going to look into that and see if we can get someone from Ludio as well. It'll be kind of cool. Yeah, um, and uh, kind of just going back to what we were saying about that, you know, the, the skill difference in the SDHL, you can also see that reflected in the standings, obviously, with, you know, Gothenburg's only got 11 points on the season compared to 84 for Lulio. Yeah, and we've talked about this before. The, uh, the financials of the teams aren't are nowhere near uh, evenly matched. I'm not yeah. saying it should be, but there are massive differences in how the the organizations, the clubs are run and supported. And uh, yeah, I'm going to spend tomorrow chasing someone and we'll see if we can get her on uh, next week. Yeah. Um, well, did we want to just touch briefly on the NHL or you think we should wrap it up for the day? Uh, we should do our Patreon, so we should wrap it well, up. We should, yeah. And we're going to thank our patrons uh, in this show because we do have patrons, and I do not have the list in front of me because something isn't going my way right now. And I got logged out, so that's insane. Um, well, if you might... are one of our patrons, thank you very much. We appreciate <laughs> it. No, we're going to do this the right way. Uh, hang on. <clears throat> Is Lucas? It is. Uh, no, oh God damn it! It's not. Why? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hi, we can finally post things on Patreon again. I, I don't know why. Some somehow I, I get um, kicked out from Patreon, like logged out, and I keep forgetting my my um, password. But anyway, thank you to Thomas, Linus, Andreas, Tobias, who actually did the intro and outro music to our show. Anton Sack. Uh, and Lucas, thank you so much, you guys, for supporting our show. Uh, it's uh, it's awesome. Uh, and thank you to Eric who provided us with a new microphone. Well, me with a new microphone. Uh, well, I was going to say, now that you've got that fancy new microphone, we don't have to spend our Patreon funds on a new microphone, so we can spend it on making trips around Sweden and doing in-person interviews. Yeah, and a mixer board. And a mixer board, that too. Yeah. Let's start there. Um, thank you guys and for you guys we are going to record a brief special on travels yeah so uh, yeah if you are a patron or if you want to become a patron uh, we are putting out some special episodes so uh, what is our patron I guess you can find that on twitter you can find it on twitter and you can also find it on across the pond pod uh, sorry patreon.com slash across the pond Perfect. All right. Well, uh, I think that just do- think. just about does it for episode number 40. Across the Pond Pod. Sorry, patreon.com slash across the Pond Pod. Yeah, I think that does it for our middle-aged episode. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, as always, stay safe, wash your hands, and... Support your local business. And 610. I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon, man. Thanks, Don't guys. Don't bring Kung. <laughs>